this week on Pep Talk. My name's Max. I'm a social media influencer and entrepreneur. Now I've got just over 2 million followers on social media. How do you think you've built such a massive connection so quickly with so many people? Another really important thing that's helped me is definitely consistency. And in my head, I just thought as long as I stick to something that I'm passionate about and enjoy long enough and work hard enough, then good things will come. I wouldn't be successful today if it wasn't for my wife. She's been there when I'm working very hard and supported me. Right now, your girlfriend is waiting outside the studio. So we now have something very special to do. Indeed. So let's go and do that. Rachel Judd, will you marry me? Our mission is to help 10 million people start and grow a business. In Pep Talk, we interview industry-leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how and life lessons. That's why we're excited to team up with GoDaddy to power Pep Talk. I have been using GoDaddy for years and would promote them on this podcast even if they didn't sponsor us. You can use their free website builder and start your online business at no cost, for example. You don't need lots of money to start a business if you leverage the tools at the Purposeful Project and GoDaddy. GoDaddy even help with naming a business. Check out the links in the podcast notes below to connect to GoDaddy tools. Welcome to the podcast, Max. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to be here, Simon. Thank you. No problem. Why don't we start off by you telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Today, so the audience knows, we're going to be talking about how relationships affect business. And I'd love to hear, you know, almost like that ingredients of life, you know, how to get it all right. And why don't you tell everyone listening a little bit about who you are? Okay. Um, So my name's Max. I'm 26 years old. I'm a social media influencer and entrepreneur. I started my journey on social media about 18 months ago after being made redundant for my job. And that's sort of really where things took off. I, I got made redundant. I had one month's redundancy pay and I basically set myself the challenge to be self-employed and, and doing what I love doing by the end of that month. Um, and that's what I did. I really focused on my passion for cooking. Fast forward 18 months roughly. And now I've got just over 2 million followers on social media and started a few different businesses. It's an incredible journey. I, I've, I've been watching it and I've been loving it. And I guess when I see what you're doing, I, I'm, my feeling is the word that strikes me is authenticity. Um, how do you think you've built such a massive connection so quickly with so many people? I think there's a few different key things. I think like you touched on there, authenticity, authenticity is definitely really important. Um, but I think what's really helped me is just following the things that I enjoyed the most. Before I actually focused on the food, it was actually more focused on fitness content. And before then, all of my jobs that I've done in my life had been focused on things I didn't necessarily enjoy. And it was, for me, more about I needed to earn some money, this is, so this is what I'm going to do. But when I really started focusing on the things that I enjoyed doing and that I love to do, I think people could sort of see that passion coming through. And it was much easier to be myself and be real with the audience. and. I said, no, I think they, they could sort of see me for who I was. And I think that really helped in sort of building the connection with them. But aside from that, another really important thing that's helped me is definitely consistency. I think especially with social media, it's really important to be consistent with your posts. So I'd say that's, that's definitely really helped so far. I think there's some really interesting elements there, the nuance I want my audience not to miss. And this kind of idea that you started doing what you felt you enjoyed. And so, I mean, to me, when I watch you, it's energy that I pick up on, that positive energy, the fact that you're actually enjoying the process of creating. Whereas I think a lot of people do see a, a gap in the market or a niche and they try to adapt themselves to that. But you've gone quite a natural route. Is, is that fair to say? 
I'll definitely say that is the route that I've gone to go. Uh, sorry, the route that I've gone down, but it very much like wasn't that way to start with. And for years and years and years, I literally didn't have any idea about what I wanted to do. I know that I didn't want to go to university. I really didn't enjoy school and that sort of environment. And I knew very quickly that I hated being in a standard nine to five work environment, but it took about seven or eight years of being stuck in that environment to finally switch and sort of focus on the things that I did enjoy. And I think where I was sort of pushed into it by being made redundant, um, I think that was sort of like the push that I needed to, um, to make the change. Cause I'd always done side businesses on the side whilst working full time, but I'd never like properly sort of pushed myself and went for it. And I think one big thing is not being scared to make like mistakes and not being scared to start over again. Um, because once I did actually leave my job and I knew that I had a passion for cooking and what it, uh, what it was, what I wanted to do, but I didn't realize up until starting it, that it wasn't the sort of the right route within that niche or within that sort of field that I wanted to do. So I started my own food business with a couple of friends called Flavor Town Foods, and we were based in pubs in rural locations. So basically making use of their kitchens um, that weren't being used at all. So we basically had free rent um, and basically set up as a separate business there on like Deliveroo and Just Eat. Soon realized about a year into that, that I hated cooking in a commercial kitchen environment. Um, so I decided to leave the business. That's when I back, went back into full-time work. Um, and then obviously got made redundant about a year to 18 months after that. So that's another interesting thing for people listening. You, you, you love cooking, but then you find yourself in an environment where cooking wasn't enough. The ecosystem wasn't right. So I guess fast forwarding today with Meals with Max, how did you, how did you know it was working? What was the moment you said, hey, this is the right path? So um, if we were to rewind a little bit back to just before I started the food count and literally straight after I lost my, uh, lost my job, that was when I discovered TikTok. Um, I knew that the platform was growing really well and I wanted to try and utilize it in some way, shape or form. And we'd recently got a new puppy. <laughs> so I created a pet TikTok account so I could basically practice and learn the platform because it was a platform that I'd never used before. So I created a pet TikTok account and that grew to um, 120,000 followers in the first month. And then that was when I realized that I sort of know how TikTok works and the organic growth is definitely like insane on this platform. And then that was when I switched to, um, to basically the sort of thing that I was passionate about, which was food. Um, that took off fairly quickly within a matter of a few months. And just going by the feedback from what I was getting from people on the comments, I knew that what I was doing was helping. Um, and it all just sort of blew up from there, really. And so when you saw that it was working on TikTok, did you flush out the business based on that success or did you already have a clear like, market plan? Like I know you've launched a cooking mm. page, sold, sold out in cookbooks, and, but was that all at the beginning and then you went on TikTok? Did you just go on TikTok and do it organically over time? I didn't necessarily go on TikTok at the start to start a business because I still very much didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in terms of like with my life or business wise, I just know that I wanted to do something that I enjoyed and was passionate about, which was the food. Um, and in my head, I just thought as long as I stick to something that I'm passionate about and enjoy long enough and work hard enough, then good things will come. But yeah, it was never, I'm going to start TikTok. I'm going to start this business and, and so on. Um, with regards to like the cookbooks that I sold, that only came about because so many people were commenting on my posts, asking for them, which is strange when I give out so many free recipes every day, but they were asking for a cookbook and I had an idea for a mobile app 
and the cost of that was about forty to fifty thousand pounds to build out the MVP. So people were asking for the cookbook. I needed to raise some money to um, to fund the development of the app. So then that's when I created and self-published the cookbook. So I think this is a really interesting point. I don't want the listeners to miss this tip or trick that I think you know, you, you discovered, which is you can give people something for free and then people will take it and use, be happy for it. But then there'll be a moment, not only where they want to give back, but where in a way you're putting all of the things you were giving for free away into one place and yeah. people would pay for it. So by giving free, you created value and connection, but you got something back. And, and was this a shock to you, this concept? I mean, that I think it was like definitely a massive shock for me. Um, because I didn't, let, I didn't go out with the intention to start my social media platform and try and monetize it and take money from the audience. I did it to help people follow what I was passionate and what I wanted to do. I knew that from like TikTok directly, they would pay, uh, you can get on the TikTok creator fund and they can pay. So yeah, I wasn't looking to straight up sort of like monetize the audience um, or anything like that. So when I did release the cookbook, even just on the pre-orders, getting over a thousand pre-orders in like less than a month was like, a massive shock to me and I didn't expect it at all but no it's definitely a pleasant surprise and with that being able to fund the development of the mobile app um, and I think it's quite cool that obviously the audience have invested in me and brought the cookbook but everyone that's bought the cookbook has helped to fund a little bit of the build of the mobile app themselves. I think this is really inspiring and I want the audience to learn this point you're making here which is you know, you can see that you have an app that the world needs and it's going to cost £50,000 to make it and you didn't have the money to do it. So, you know, there's many, many routes. You can go raise that money, crowdfund, family and friends. You can save for years and, and somehow get that money in the bank or do what you did, which is put out a useful item and get pre-orders and get a thousand people to pre-order. And like you say, the beautiful thing about that model is not only does it give you the cash flow to then do the app it has a community element built in so they're part of your success there they're, they're supporting you in your success and they're on that journey with you hmm. which i think is magic i think that's the way all businesses going forward should be built around community right i just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor taylor brands for supporting this podcast and entrepreneurs taylor brands are aligned with our mission to help you start and grow a business and already empower millions of customers around the world to kickstart their business. With their AI-driven one-stop shop for aspiring small business owners with everything you need to jumpstart your business, such as a logo maker, business mailbox, online and physical business cards, printed merchandise, social media tools, and so much more. To find out more about Taylor Brands and how they can help you, click the link below and get 40% off your first order using the code PEP. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So I wondered how about, let's talk about relationships for a second. Now, um, I think that the relationship with your audience is, is one key piece. And for people listening, do you think TikTok organic growth is over? Or do you think people can still have sort of growth today or it's too late? I think there's still accounts today that could start an account today with no followers and do like one post and get a million views on it. So I think it's still definitely possible. I think it was easier a year ago and it'll be harder in a year from now. Um, but yeah, the growth's still, still insane and it's still better than most other platforms out there at the moment. Um, I think other platforms like Instagram and YouTube may have sort of realized that and then they introduced the shorts and the reels. And I've noticed that even 
Instagram and YouTube um, pages that have a low following or a low, uh, low amount of subscribes are still able to reach a wide audience organically with reels and uh, the shorts in particular. It's interesting. I, I have one of my videos got 4.5 million views on TikTok. Wow. And I, I just started noticing that uh, reels is starting to have a similar, um, they're trying to compete with TikTok. I think, of course, they're panicking. Yeah. They're going to lose out with 25% um, drop in Facebook value and so on. I feel like they've opened up the floodgates and, and now Reels is potentially like what TikTok was a year ago. Mm. If, and so it doesn't matter how much following you've actually got, yeah. you, can, you can get a big impact, like you say. So good, good tip for anyone listening. But I also like the point you're making that you start the day. And, and so did you, when you're doing your content, always have a very clear content strategy? How, how do you plan out your content? I would like to have been a bit more organized with things. That's one thing that I struggle with is being organized. So I didn't like, right, Monday, I'm going to do this many posts at this time, Tuesday, this. So I was never like, I never really thought it out ahead. I just knew that I want to try and help as many people as possible and reach as many people as possible. So my initial strategy was, I'm just going to create as many videos as I can every day. It doesn't matter if they're not perfect. I just want to get the content out there. I'd never done a face to camera video literally ever before I started the TikTok. <clears throat> so that was all completely new to me. And I was definitely a lot worse at videoing and editing. Which really time. surprised me, by the way, because anybody uh, listening, if you go watch Max on camera, he's very natural. That's how I feel about when I see you. So you had that skill you didn't even know. It's hard to say because I, I wasn't really very good to start with. I think it was just one of those things where I just chucked myself into it and practice and practice. And after doing six videos, videos a day every day for months um just soon soon becomes like a lot more natural to you so i think definitely if because that was what i remember just being a little bit scared at the time and worried like what people are going to think um my video skills aren't going to be very good or as good as other people so i don't think i'm going to get many views or be able to reach many people um but i just went out there and did it and stayed consistent with it and over time good things happened do you think you're an introvert or an extrovert do you put yourself in I don't know whether it's because of lockdown, but I feel like I used to be more extrovert, but now I seem more introvert. Um, but I feel like I'm a bit of both at certain times. It's sort of like a, a weird one. Maybe it's the way I've always seen chefs, they like to be in their kitchen and left alone, you know, working with their small crew. Yeah. Um, so I've always seen chefs generally as introverts. And, but, um, but no, I guess, I, I, I do think social media, even if you're an introvert listening, gives you a chance to still externally communicate without having to mix with lots of people necessarily. Right? If you, uh, so it's kind of interesting like that. My wife's a, an introvert, but she can actually talk on camera, which is interesting. There's plenty of social media accounts, especially like food ones, where people's faces are, or even their faces and voice aren't even in the video. Right. They just show the food that they're uh, eating. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, it was important for me to be in the video because i wanted to build that connection with the audience and build a brand and things like that but if people are quite worried about that initially then maybe that could be a good way to start and ease into it and i think maybe if your posts start doing well with you not in the video it might give you that little bit of confidence that you need to um maybe show your face every now and then totally and let's carry on the theme of relationships because i know that's that's a, a important part of building out what i think you brought so the relationship with the audience that's that's one thing and then the relationship with, do you actually work with TikTok? Have you got someone that helps you there? So I've got um, a manager, which I can't remember how many. I, it was up until when I, I think when I had about 300,000 followers, I got a manager and he basically manages all of my brand deals and stuff like that. Because it was just getting so many random, like a sofa company. 
contacting me when I'm a food account and it's just right. you could make food much. sitting on the sofa right? you can see how that works so I hope your manager manages to that swing that one in makes sense a little bit but um you sort of see what I mean there was just loads of pointless companies reaching out and it was just taking quite a lot of time to go through it and then it comes to like the contract side of things and where I was busy with a load of things I wanted to make sure I was doing stuff safe and protecting me and my brand and things like that so he sort of manages all of that and he's in direct contact with TikTok um I did a campaign with them a little while ago, which was a month long. It was probably the longest campaign that I've done. It was a month long, so 30 days. And it was a video every day for 30 days to promote their um, learn on TikTok hashtag. So I did like a, it was like around the world in 30 days hashtag. So I did a, a different recipe from a different country every day for 30 days. And I actually met you because you pitched on a competition I was running on TikTok with TikTok. And so... Um, that's how I got to know you because you pitched yeah. your, your business. And I want to say you came second um, <laughs> in, in the competition of thousands and thousands of entries. You came, you came second. And I think that um, it is interesting how these platforms do create relationships because I, I now consider you a friend and, and someone um, who I admire and, and you know, all, all through social media. Right? But, so relationship-wise, you have a relationship with your audience. Then you have, I guess, a relationship with a manager who then helps you relationship manage your brands but let's just take a step back for a second and talk a little bit about like your life i feel like social media is all consuming so i mean for example your parents were they entrepreneurs did they did they, did they see this as a real job is it how do they um, how do they view so yeah my childhood i can't really say childhood was hard because it depends compared to like some people obviously it very much wasn't but at the time when i was younger the area that i grew up in was like quite a rich area and all of my friends and their, their parents etc all had a lot of money and we very much didn't um <clears throat> so my mum was a single mum i've got like i always lose count because there's so many off the top of my head i think i've got five brothers and sisters <laughs> um but yeah we, we grew up with like not very much money at all literally every year at christmas we'd get like a charity hamper sort of thing to make sure that we had like food over that period and things like that so when i was really young there was definitely like a lot of jealousy and stuff when I was that age when I, cause I was obviously really young and stuff and all of my friends had all these things and I didn't it wasn't until I got to about secondary school um when I decided to sort of that was when I, I suppose started off with my ventures and things like that my mum worked from home I guess she, she was sort of an entrepreneur so she could be at home with us rather than paying for us to go to nursery she used to do um, she started like an ironing business so she would do people's ironing um like per basket whatever she would charge for it so she could be at home with the kids whilst doing that and still earning money so i think seeing her do stuff like that and go through struggles and still try differently has helped a little bit um my dad died when i was 13 or 14 from throat cancer but he was a chef maybe where the food inspiration comes from um so yeah i guess my mum's semi-entrepreneur my dad is chef, so I suppose maybe that's where Total I'm sense, at. doesn't it? <laughs> where I'm at with everything. Wow. It's, um, well, thanks for sharing that. I think it's, uh, it's sometimes having, I guess, a difficult um, upbringing can create a certain, certain uh, resolve in your, in your abilities now. Mm. Right? You know, you've, like you say, you've got your entrepreneurial mother uh, willing to work hard to provide for the family and your father doing... Yes, the chef thing, that's definitely, I can see it now. I didn't know that about you. So I can see that inspiration, that, that mix. So just continuing with the theme of, of relationships. So 
you know, clearly, I think your relationship with your family has, has you know, your, your past has driven you to where you are today. But I know that you've got a new cookbook coming out and I know you're working with HP, Hewlett Packard. And yeah. so talk, talk to the audience a little bit about that, how that relationship plays out and what, what they're doing there. So HP, obviously, they've like a printing company, they've got all the printers, et cetera. That's like one part of what they're doing. They've started a new initiative. I can't remember what it's called in particular, but what they're looking to do is partner with food creators, um, anyone from like really small creators who might maybe sell one book a day up to um, creators like myself, essentially offer them a published cookbook deal where the creator doesn't have to do anything other than obviously create all of the content. Um, And it'll be available in America and the UK initially and soon other places in Europe and Australia, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty much very exciting. Pretty much what they're doing. And then finally, partnership relationship. I know myself, I wouldn't be successful today if it wasn't for my my wife. And so she's been there when I'm working very hard and supported me. And um, right now your girlfriend is waiting in the reception area outside the studio. So clearly you've got a very uh, important relationship to you too. But how do you feel relationships play a part in, in, in success? I guess you could look at it in two different ways. I think maybe if I never had relationships throughout of this, I might think like differently. But where I've been in a relationship through all of the struggles and entrepreneur side of things, and businesses that I've started and failed, I think it would be very hard to imagine going through that without having that person there. One really important thing, which it took me a long time to do, is to see things from your partner's perspective, where I was so focused on business and things like that. Like with that food business, I didn't have one day off for literally 365 days, a whole year. And I was working from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. every night. And we literally didn't see each other at all. Um, But she said it did have like a little bit of a negative impact on her mental health, yet she still stuck with me through all of that and everything else that we've um, we've done so i think it's very very important but it's also important to um understand their feelings and from their point of view take a little bit of time to step back from what you're working on and understand that too i think that's such a great insight and uh, you remind me to think like that too sometimes as entrepreneurs and most of our listeners are people that want to start a business or growing a business or have a successful business is, is to put ourselves in the shoes of the person that's been supporting us all this time and make sure you give them what they need as well and support them. And so that's a lovely message to end the podcast on. And we now have something very special to do. Um, so let's go and do that. And for our listeners, um, you probably don't know what we're talking about. But if you go and check out our Instagram feed, you'll find out a bit later. So um, take care, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Max. These past five years have literally been some of the best of my life. And you have stuck with me through so many different things and I literally cannot thank you enough. You're the most amazing person that I know and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. So, Rachel Judd, will you marry me? (laughs) Congrats guys, that's so awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our podcast today and I hope you got value from it. Please feel free to follow us on any of our social media channels and if you have any questions about business, ask us. We will help you. Again, we want to thank our sponsor GoDaddy for supporting this podcast. 
from naming your business and buying a domain name to building a website for free, GoDaddy has you covered. GoDaddy provides us entrepreneurs with all the help and tools we need to grow a business online. You're not alone entrepreneurs. See you in the next one.